Welcome to the Jester's Court Podcast. This beautiful voice you're hearing right here is Bradley Geyser. And, you know, last week, I had a former king, Jack Cooley, on here. One of my favorite episodes I've ever done, but I needed to match that with an equally exciting name. And I'd argue I got a more exciting name in this in Will Griffith, the King's Herald's own Will Griffith. The same Will Griffith that designed the logo to this podcast. So he's a multi-hyphenate. How is it going, Will? Good. How's it going today, Brian? Great. I mean, what more is there to say? I, I guess I should say right off the bat that this is the first episode. I'm hoping to have Will on for all these. This is our first attempt at what... I guess we didn't come up with a name. I meant to ask you what we should name this, but I forgot. So, yeah, we'll, tentatively, we'll have to think something, yeah. Tentatively, we'll call it the um, Jester's Film Club. How about that? But <laughs> That works. It's beautiful. Basically, what this means is, I don't know if you guys know, but sports are suspended right now. Um, There's not a whole lot to talk about as far as news goes, so I'm getting creative here. What better way to get creative than to dissect the King's impact on cinema? Perhaps more so than like any team in the history of sports, the Kings have had a huge impact on Hollywood. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. When I think movies, I think Sacramento. And yeah. the Kings. I, yeah, there's just so many. There's their logos in Lady Bird. They have a prominent role, which we hope to t- tackle on a future episode, in the Adam Sandler classic Jack and Jill. But we decided to start out in the NBA Finals. I believe the 2002 NBA Finals. Yeah, I um, believe it's the 2002-2003 NBA Finals. The movie came out in two... This is... I was going to ask you about this, but first, let me introduce the movie. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, starring Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey, Academy Award nominee Kate Hudson. I don't know. She's in Almost Famous. I assume she got nominated for something, but... It's a story about someone losing a guy in 10 days. We don't care about that. What we care about is an underlying theme throughout is the Kings and Knicks NBA Finals. How great was it to see the Kings in the NBA Finals? You know, more than it was great to see the Kings in the NBA Finals, it was great to see them in the NBA Finals with the roster that they constantly presented in the the movie. I mean, we were playing our bench guys. The entire yeah. game. It's great. We had it in the bag so much, we just played the, the, the victory cigars. So we're going to spoil the movie. We're mainly going to focus on the Kings aspects. I'm sure we'll talk about other things, but basically we're just going to run down the Kings' appearances in movies for this. Hopefully we'll do more, give us ideas, but yeah. So the Kings are in the NBA Finals in this against the New York Knicks. And like Will just said, one of the first things you'll notice if you remember that team is they are tied in the final minute of an NBA Finals game. And on the court, they have Jabari Smith, Gerald Wallace, I think Hito Turkaloo's in there. Lawrence Funderburg. Lawrence Funderburg. And Bobby Jackson. Bobby Jackson, who's apparently our star in this universe because we see more baskets from him than anyone. You, and you know what? The others don't exist. No, we see a tip-off with Peja and Vlade. I don't think we get a Chris Webber or Mike Bibby sight. Mike Bibby hits a three-pointer to put the Kings up one. Um, in in the second game that they go to, he hits he hits a three pointer to put them 
put the Kings up one in, in the in the final like five seconds of the game. Oh, okay. Right before a Knicks buzzer beater. It seems like a great final series. Every game seems to go down to the wire. Like, yeah, very it, little excitement from the crowd. Like, it went seven games. They say it. They say it in the movie. Which, by got the way, to game seven. As the title implies, this this movie takes place over ten days. The Knicks have four home games in that stretch. <laughs> so. They don't ever say what game besides Game 7 it is. Did they play four straight home games? Did the Kings just not get home court in this? So they, sh- they show, I think they show three for sure home games from the Knicks. And then they, they disappear for a while. And then at the very end of the movie, he, he asks her out on a date for real because, the, you know, they've both been exposed for who they are as like terrible human beings. And he goes, hey, you know, if you're doing something on the 13th day, we've got tickets to Game 7 which means that six games got played in 12 days. Yeah. The first three or four of them in New York. Yeah, which, okay, it was 2-3-2 two, two back then, right? That was the finals. Yes. Mm. So did the so, Kings get screwed again in 2002? <laughs> I'm uh, arguing this is 2002 because that is the 2002 roster and yes. not the 2002-2003 roster. I'll take it. I'm, I'm fine with that. It was filmed in 2002, so we'll, yeah. we'll take it. It came out in January of 2003, if you need context. The uh, Knicks had Latrell Sprewell, Alan Houston, who's a huge part of this, um, yeah. which was funny to me, knowing what Alan Houston actually was. <laughs> um, it, Alan Houston, the man who never miss, misses a shot from the top of the key, apparently. Yeah. Unless, guess- it's, a, unless it's a game winner uh, in which... Um, what what whatever game it was, he misses it, and uh, she can tell the future because she watched it in a restaurant. Yes, it, uh, Bradley, I hate you for having me watch this this movie. Well, this was my first time watching it. I just literally the things I knew were Kate Hudson, Matthew McConaughey, and the Kings are in the finals in it. So I figured, hey, start out on top because it is not the good Kings teams in Jack and Jill. We'll get to that in another week. But furthermore, there is a Celine Dion concert in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> that runs at the exact same time that the Kings are playing yeah, I, in Madison Square Garden. I actually sat there and did a little research on this to see if like, they had the capacity to hold, like if there was like a secondary area. Oh, there's like a, a concert hall. Area. I've been to MSG. I got to tour it in 2000 when I was 12. So I have a picture hall. somewhere of me with a Patrick Ewing jersey that he wore to a playoff game the year before or the so night it's a, before. It's a concert hall attached to... The arena itself, like the basketball like focused arena, has a concert hall attachment to it. Because yeah. because okay, okay. I was just trying to figure out how would they run a full Celine Dion concert and a Knicks game at the exact same moment. Well it seems like legit that's what I don't know. I saw like at two o'clock in the afternoon in like April or something. So I I didn't see like an event. I don't know if they do events at the same time, that seems like a logistical nightmare, though. Especially yeah, if it all feed out, if it just literally feeds out into the arena. <laughs> into the same food court. Yeah. Like really screwing Celine Dion out of this thing. And judging by the rosters that were playing in the finals, Celine Dion's probably the better draw than Jabari Smith and the Sacramento Kings. Well, I, I mean, also, the, the seats that they're able to get on short notice and everything else, these are, I mean... A finals game in that time. I mean, those are still thousands and thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars. They're not sitting anywhere lower than like ten rows, like from 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 the actual floor. 
you know, you might be right here. This might be a coronavirus thing where like they, the prices have depreciated so low because these people have been tested for it and they're, because she's standing next to some little nerd whose dad is like a construction worker or something like that. And they're in New York city, 10 rows from the game in in, in a finals game. You might be right here. There might've been something more sinister going on in the background that we didn't notice. Yeah. It's just, it is wild. I, I, my jaw dropped just going back to that, that roster that's on the floor, that lineup, I should say, you know, on the floor. Because it is, it is the final minute of a finals game. They, like, show, they show the Jumbotron for a moment, and yes. they have it as Bibby has 33 points, which I was like, okay, that's, that, that, sounds, that sounds logical. They have Bobby Jackson with 22, which is fine. And then they have 31, 51, and 5. So they've got Scott Pollard, they've got Lawrence Funderburk, and then they've got, I don't, I don't remember who the other one was. I was looking it up. Oh, Hio Turgaloo. And that's the lineup that they set for like, oh, this is, you know, this is, the, this is the, the final countdown here. That's not who they had on the court, but that's who they showed up on the, up on the Jumbotron is in the game. Which another thing, I did not confirm this. This movie isn't worth going back and rewinding <laughs> for, but... It appeared to me in some of the edits that within the same play, there were at least two different lineups on the floor when they would cut back to the play. Oh, oh, absolutely. He, he, ran, he ran to get her a soda. She's, she's trying to get him to go crazy. So she asks him in the final minute, hey, I'm thirsty. Could you go get me a soda? He runs up. It's watching the game. Bobby Jackson hits a three. Um, he comes back down. There's like like less than 30 seconds left in the game. She tells him, oh, it needs to be diet. Could you run back up there and get me diet? He sprints back up. Mike Bibby is not in the game when he comes back down. It's, it's our regular Hito Turgaloo, Gerald Wall super lineup. He runs back up and Vladi's in the game. He runs back down and Vladi's not in the game. Like what he's seeing on the television screen and what he's seeing on the floor, are, are, they are not the same thing. He's, he's in a fever dream. Yeah, it's wild. Um, <laughs> I don't know where to start. I would argue that, judging by this movie, that the writers, creators, whatever, had never seen a basketball game before. I, I, I wonder that. I, I wrote down a couple of lines here. Uh, the very first time you hear anything, it's a guy walking into another guy's office at an ad agency. Hey, did you hear? Oh, what? That the New York Knickerbockers are now in the championship series, and that Tone Tone the Bone owns me twenty bucks. <laughs> I've never heard somebody say the championship series. Like, oh, dude, I love the NBA. I can't wait for the championship series. Sports. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it, there's a couple of lines like that where it was like, uh, Scott Pollard gets fouled, and he goes to the free throw line at one point, and they're yelling at him, "You're soft. You were soft last year, and you're still soft." I liked that. <laughs> like, uh, I had to sit there and pause it for a second because it's like, I, if anyone is going to, I don't know if Scott Pollard is the guy you want to call soft. Like, I feel like Scott Pollard's known for the exact opposite of that. Yeah, it's it's wild. So, I no, it I, was almost as though they didn't know who was going to be at the line, and they just yeah. Oh, absolutely. They filmed. They had B roll footage of a game where they sat there and one game. Yeah, one game that they just reused in little snippets over and over. Yeah, it had to be one game because, <laughs> yeah, it was the Knicks. It was an East-West matchup. Yeah, yeah. And, and 
you could tell that the Kings beat the hell out of the Knicks in that game because the entire time they were filming, it was just the Kings bench. Like the starters for the Knicks were in and the Kings had Gerald Wallace playing the last six minutes of the game. Yeah. Which Gerald Wallace, all-star, Hito Turkoglu, future all-star. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. This is just this is just not that point yet. <laughs> yeah, it's... I I just... It took me a second to wrap my mind around that. See, I was I was assuming when, when we first... When, when you first came up with this, I thought I was going to watch this game and see King's jerseys and then see, like, random actors in there. Like, oh, guy who looks Slovenian and he's yeah. in a King's jersey, but it's just like an actor. But to like hear an announcer in a game at How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days yell Lawrence Funderburk, <laughs> like <laughs> like one of the lines in this movie is Lawrence Funderburk. It it I was it blew me away. I was like, oh wow, they're actually committing to having real footage on this game. Which and, by the way, I meant to look this up. What was the Knicks record in two thousand two? Oh my goodness, I have no idea. I could look this up, but okay, we had a brief technical glitch meaning i had to pause for a second and yeah we did some research and it turns out that that was not jabari smith out there that was king's legend chucky brown chucky brown with two minutes and 43 seconds of playing time that game got into how to lose a guy in 10 days yeah yep and will just did the research he pinpointed the exact game that we believe this would have had to be so we uh we were we were talking about this and um Don Chaney was the coach. We know about the time period that uh, that they were uh, that they were playing in, which season it would be, and uh, so we found a game on March fourteenth, two thousand two, where the Kings scored ninety six points, which is what they ended up with in in a couple of the games. Uh, the Knicks blew them out, one thirteen to ninety six. Um, in that game, Chris Webber did not play; he did not dress, and so Scott Pollard. Vladi Divac, Mike Bibby, Doug Christie, and Peja Stojakovic played. You can see multiple times in the game where they run a Scott Pollard, Vladi Divac lineup. And in fact, there is a tip-off that they show on game three where, where Vladi is tipping the ball with Scott Pollard starting the game. So we've determined that the game that the Kings were playing is a 113-96 blowout in which the Knicks kicked the crap out of them on March 14th, 2002. Which, by the way, that Knicks team... 24 and 39 at that time in the NBA finals. <laughs> they really turned it around. 30 and 52 on the season. 30 and 52. On the What's season. wild about this is it's a New York it's a New York setting and I know New Jersey isn't next door but it is almost. They couldn't I know the Knicks are the sexier franchise but they literally had a team who made two finals appearances at they this could have time. Gone over to the Nets. And that would have been a much better get, too. Yeah. I mean, and the Kings, the Kings Nets would have played in the finals had, had the Kings beat the Lakers that year. Like it would have been it would have been too good. So they they throw the Knicks in there instead. <laughs> the Knicks were seventh in the Atlantic division that year. <laughs> this is hilarious. Yeah, close enough. Uh, <laughs> See if I can find any more fun facts about this Knicks team. Othella Harrington, Allen Houston, Mark Jackson. Um, many of these guys were in their late 30s at the time. Yeah, this was this was a dying Knicks team. I mean, it's been dying, but they were they were not good. I could see why they'd schedule a Celine Dion concert. Yeah. 
Um, Marcus Camby was probably their best player at that point, I would assume. Allen Houston was in year two or three of his major contract that they named a clause after for <laughs> not uh, for when you could cut the guy and then the Knicks didn't use it on him. Yeah, all sorts of wild things going on. I'm trying to see if there's any Kings connections here. I don't believe so. So, so answer me this. Why the Kings? Do you think it was because it was sexy? That it was like, oh, the Kings are kind of the hip, you know, we know the Lakers, we know, you know, what they're all about. But w- why, why did Sacramento get into this finals when you're, when you're writing the script or when you're doing this? Was it just availability? Mm, yeah, my guess is, oh, the Knicks have a game tonight. I mean, <laughs> the Kings, it's weird to say it, the Kings are the less egregious example here. The 30 and 52 Knicks being in the finals. Oh, sure. I mean, it's not a basketball movie. Or I was going to ask you that later. We will, we'll decide later if it's a basketball movie or a Kings movie. But it's just wild that, like, you'd think you'd try to do something semi-believable. Because there's a lot of NBA fans. And the average person won't care about Lawrence Funderburg and all that. But it's wild that you would go this far out of left field and just, like, not even attempt to explain why there's four home games in 10 days yeah i i honestly think it was uh, i think it was some level of editing or they just didn't think that the audience for this movie would care like like i i really think that just by saying oh the championship series oh the knicks hey you know what their their core audience the people that are paying to see that movie they're gonna go oh, okay the knicks are in the championship and they're not gonna think much more of it but I, I had to. I was sitting there going like, I wonder if like Shaq and Kobe like I went. I wonder if they were like, hey, scheduled the Lakers game, and then Shaq was like, no, like I've got a tell. I've got a contract with this, you know, with Universal or you know, I'm doing Steel next year, and and you know, Kobe's got something else going on. So they've got their own LA contracts for movies because they're out there, and it was just mm, okay. So who's the next best team? Well, what about the Kings? Sacramento. Uh, I bet it was. Hey, we can film this night. The Kings. <laughs> hey, what what day are there going to be the least amount of fans? Oh, I think the Knicks are playing the Kings. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what day can we shoot one game for four games worth of footage? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just nothing about that makes any sense. It's I I was thinking the whole time too how fun an NBA Finals would be between Knicks fans and Kings fans. I love Knicks fans. They're petty. Oh yeah. Oh, they're real petty. I enjoy that about them, but I think I, I don't know if they were this petty in 2002 yet. I feel like they were. I feel like, you know, Spike <laughs> Lee's been around. Yeah. <laughs> He's Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll take this. Not that Spike Lee is every Knicks fan, but he is. No, Let's be no, honest. But he's, yeah, he is he's the only Knicks fan left. Yeah. Him and Michael Rappaport. And I I don't want to hold <laughs> Michael Rappaport. I don't want to make anyone that guy. So Let's put Michael Rappaport in this movie. Yeah. We'll we'll switch him out for uh we'll switch him out for Matthew McConaughey. So in many ways, this kind of this is kind of a tangent, but in many ways, did you see Uncut Gems? I have not yet. No. Oh shoot! I've, you go ahead and spoil it for me though. If you want. I'm not going to spoil it for people because it's such a great movie. I don't want them. But as I will say, just minor spoiler about plot point, but I won't say what happens. Is if the final act of that movie runs concurrently with a random playoff game that Kevin Garnett played in as a Celtic in 2010, I believe, okay. against the Sixers. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's part of the plot. It's 
the it, outcome yeah. of the movie depends on that. And that's all I'll say. But you could argue that this movie could have been that if they would have shown that game seven. Like, make the stakes not some random uh, dinner party for their companies. Make the stakes the game. I think that's a more intriguing movie. You could, you could, you could argue that this, this. I mean, you could argue. I'm going to get right into this. This could be a basketball movie yeah. because the first date, you know, that her hooking him relies on her having two tickets to a Knicks game. Yeah, like, like that's that's one of the big. You know, he he sends her a hundred roses so that he can get his butts in the seats for a VIP, you know, ticket to the first game of the NBA Finals. So, yeah, like, and it weaves throughout. They go to multiple games. She she tests him, and she tempts him, and she, like, screws with him by, like, limiting his access to watching these finals games. This is, this is, this is the pre-uncut gems. This is, uh, yeah. you know, I'm going, I'm going, <laughs> I, 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 I can see it. It's about as long, too. This movie is two hours long, and it's a romantic comedy. <laughs> Gravity, the Academy Award-nominated movie with Sandra Bullock and George Clooney is like 85 minutes long. And this one thought, no, do you know what people want? They want 111 minutes. 111 minutes of Kate Hudson annoying Matthew McConaughey into, into a murder. Like, yeah. there, there were times where it was like, I think a real person might have actually killed her. And they're both just what a toxic premise, even by romantic comedy standards. Yeah, what a I, toxic premise for a relationship to be built off of. I feel like, like they, they. Yeah, no, go ahead. They're in couples therapy in day five. Yeah, well, fake couples therapy. It was her. It yeah. was a Catherine Hahn pretending to be a therapist. The great Catherine Hahn. Shout out to yeah. Catherine. Oh, Hahn. the best, her. the best actress in this movie. Yeah. It, it's weird because they were trying to do a Doris Day Rock Hudson thing. Yeah. Like, like, had they put this movie in the 60s and it was, like, surrounded by New York, you know, baseball, like if it was the Yankees, it would be cute with, like, Doris Day doing cute stuff and Rock Hudson doing something else to kind of teaser with it. But this is, like, mean. Like, they, like Kate Hudson is kind of, like, she doesn't show much remorse at times when she's, like, ruining this man's, like, existence. Like, let him watch the finals. <laughs> or, like, you're a Knicks fan, too. She's she like, she ruined, <laughs> yeah she, and they say she's a big Knicks fan, which means at that point they've waited thirty years for this moment, yeah. and she and she's gonna take her her girlfriend to the game originally before this this whole plot comes up. She's gonna so they're good they're good enough fans that these two women are gonna go to a basketball game by themselves, and so it wasn't like he invited her to the game. She had the tickets, and so like. Yeah, you're you're really screwing yourself twice here. Not only are you losing your guy in ten days, but you're you're gonna miss a, a potential championship for the team that you supposedly love. Yeah, and they they won thirty games that year, so it's it's memorable. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, I, I, damn, I just had a point too. I, Take I, your time. I know there's a lot. There's a lot of like mental anguish it, that goes oh into a movie goodness. like this. It wiped my. Oh, did you notice who the name of the director? Yes, I was going to bring that up next. Why don't you enlighten us? Uh, the The name of the director is Donald Petrie. And I did all the research in the world to figure out if he was connected in some way, any way, to Jeff Petrie. Because that would have been my uh, the golden ticket. Like, I know how the Kings got this. 2002, but, Jeff Petrie, 2001, whenever. Yeah. Jeff Petrie would have put up together a better team than this. This was like Jimmer Fredette Petrie. <laughs> yeah, I... 
if but then again, this Jeff Petrie is playing Lawrence Funderburg in a final game and like in his winning. Like he's thinking it's a game seven. Yeah. And we don't know. The Kings might win the finals in this movie. Yeah, they don't they don't ever say. You know, Which is I, wild. Why do you make a framing device through the NBA finals and not show the end? This yeah, is a w- Friday or which movie, which sports movie is it that just doesn't show you who wins? That's a really good question. I was um, going to say Friday Night Lights, but that's a true story. I, th- I think it's a fictional one. Yeah, I'm trying to think about like what, what movie does it not matter to the, to the final outcome who wins or loses? Yeah, I know that there's a movie in my head right now that does that, and I cannot think of what it is. It, it, it would piss me off. Yeah. I would, but this <laughs> is like if Kevin Garnett was in Uncut Gems all that happened, and then they just don't show what happens in the final game. It's like you could have you could have cut in one more scene. It's you already got two hours into it. Let's just put in another forty five second scene where they're at home cuddling on the couch, realizing, oh, we're actually two monsters that belong together, watching the Knicks game and like celebrating that the Knicks have won, fade to black in the movie. At least then you've got that little stinger there. It's like, oh, cute. They they actually came together in the end. And, I, I don't know. know. Who do you think put more thought into this movie? The people who made it or you and I right now? <laughs> it, it's definitely you and me. It's definitely you and me. They, they, didn't, was, have, they didn't have a guy go through the script and, and doctor up. Oh, hold on a second here. Why, why they, does it say Lawrence Funderburg? He's sitting on the bench. They didn't have one person who'd seen a basketball game before. To In really, their life. In their life. Yeah. I'd argue they've probably never seen a basket or a ball either. <laughs> There's, it is one of those things. We're nitpicking. We're being fun. But it's one of those funny things in sports movies, how obvious it is when someone doesn't actually know the sport they're writing about. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. This, I mean, I wouldn't say this is on the level of like a Catwoman where you're, you're seeing Halle Berry like, like do feats of nature through her legs in like the cringiest way possible. But it, it's like, a, it's a thing that if you were to take if you were to take somebody to a romantic comedy and they did this, like you just sit there and like wince and you just like grind your teeth a little bit. It would, it would take, it would definitely take me out of the movie. That, yeah. Like, this is what's happening. Like, That's I why would, I think it's so funny. Like at the end of the day, it didn't actually bother me, but it's so no. funny that you wouldn't just like it. You could have not changed this movie in the slightest and made it make more sense. The guy delivering your water to the studio, you could be like, Hey, could you watch us for a second? Does this make sense? The yeah. NBA. F- it didn't have to be the NBA Finals. The NBA Finals didn't end up meaning anything for this game. Literally, like, this game, they're at the game. That one, that could have just been a basketball game between the Kings and the Knicks. All the other Knicks-Kings stuff didn't really mean anything. I, I guess Celine Dion. It, yeah, but, yeah. I, um, yeah, like, oh, the big game, you know. But, like, he says the big game a couple of times to, like, represent different games. In the, in the, like, I wish it were one single event. Make it March Madness or something, and he's, he's wearing a Duke shirt at one point in the movie. Just make it March Madness, and, and, like, they make it to the finals, and that would, like, increase the tension as you go along. That, like, oh, he, they went to see the first game in the regionals, but, like, now, he's, now they're in the final four, and she's making him miss it because – she she's lying that she doesn't eat meat and telling everybody at the restaurant that he thinks she's fat. Like that would at least increase the tension, you know, like, Oh no, he's, you know, it's building, not, I don't know, man. <laughs> I just don't know. I want to rewrite this movie, but they let's, die in the end. we, this is, this might be what the gestures film club ends up being. Um, by the way, if you guys have a better name for this, tell me. 
we're going to do a few more of these. We need to break down the kings in cinema. And recommend movies, too. Just side we're going we're gonna to break down every movie with a king in it. Yeah. We'll watch The oh, King. Oh, there's, a, there's Salome. How to Lose a guy, t- guy in 10 Days star Scott Pollard is in a slasher movie as the no. villain. No. Yes, it's called The Axeman. Am I going to have to watch The Axeman for this? We're, we're, we probably uh, have to now. Like, yeah, there's Uncle Drew has Chris Webber and uh, King's owner Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, yeah. Um, there's others. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like Mike, I think has the Kings in it. Oh, yeah. Chris Webber's in it. Yeah. Sure. I don't know if anyone else is, but he is. Uh, you said just right already. No, I didn't. Are there any Kings in that? I'm almost certain that that Common plays the the Kings at one point in that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Nets star Common. They got it right. They got the Nets instead of the Knicks. Yeah. They after the after the Nets got bad. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was made in the height of their like eight win seasons but yeah i'm almost certain too yeah i'm just trying to i know i want to say the knicks when they made the finals in 99 were the eighth seed really maybe they snuck in in this universe i don't know but (laughs) that's that's just their you know what i bet that's what it was maybe it was an eighth seed maybe they're like the sixth or something but they heard they they were like oh how are the knicks doing the season oh they're bad will they make it to the finals no no they're not (laughs) But a couple of years ago, they were not good, and they made it to the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that they were way better. It's fine. It's just put it in the script, Terry. Put it in the script, and then and then that's what they did. Like they just ran through it. I like this. I like this universe you're setting up where it's like a office setting where they're just all writing a script. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a group process here. <laughs> He's doing it like Back to the Future. Hey, Barry, you know that sound we've been looking for. <laughs> Barry, no t- pun intended to the Chuck Berry reference. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Did you see any other like underlying Kings themes? Because I thought of a couple. Let's hear it. I want to hear. I want to hear one here, just to, to just to get it off your chest. Well, if you think about it, okay, this is a movie about tanking. That's first and <laughs> foremost. Yeah. Yeah, it is intentionally tanking at that. Yeah. She is tanking to get to get the draft pick, meaning the. Article. The, jo- <laughs> the, the job promotion where she can write whatever she wants to in this magazine where she can either write about lifestyle where she's writing for a fake cosmopolitan yeah but wants to be writing about politics and religion and world events <laughs> she wrote a she wrote an article about how to save tajikistan like how to bring peace to tajikistan was the name of the thing that she, she they wouldn't publish for her she has a master's degree in journalism from columbia she says but she's writing for Composure magazine, which has the same exact font as Cosmopolitan. Oh yeah. Oh, they they just went to Cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan went. Yeah. No, that no, that's stupid. Yeah, this is like, this is if the devil's wears devil wears Prada was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is uh, yeah. The devil wears Prada. Like, and like you know how they have like transformers and then transmorphers. Yeah. Like this is that for the devil wears Prada. Exactly. That's what we need. We need to get Asylum. They're the one who make all those yes, blockbusters. Yes, the Asylum movie. We need yeah, to make the Asylum uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. This is the Hallmark version of it, yeah. Now, we are not getting NBA um, NBA funding on, or NBA branding on that. No, no. That <laughs> no, reminds me are. of, I've brought this up on the podcast before, actually, with Kyle. I remember this. That there's this 1999, I want to say, made-for-TV Michael Jordan biopic 
biopic, not biopic. Whoever says biopic is a psychopath. That's weird, yeah. But there's this 1999 made-for-Fox family Michael Jordan biopic where they did not get NBA branding. And it has the most hilarious generic jerseys I have ever seen in my life. It's someone uploaded it on YouTube. We might need to, even though it's not Kings, we might need to do this for an episode. What is amazing? uh, I need to hear the name of this movie. I want to say it's like Michael Jordan and American Dream. I looked it up a while back to see if it was still on YouTube, and and it is. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm down to do it because I'm sure we'll see like a Sacramento Sharks or something like somewhere. Well, they have they're able to say I don't understand these laws. There, it's he plays for the Bulls in the NBA in that, but they can't use the jerseys. So they must not have gotten the Nike or Reebok or whoever it yeah. was back then. But yeah, it's hilarious. It's wild. That movie goes places. Like I said, it's made for Fox Family. That's yeah. That's I'm. You know what? I I would I would bet money that I that I watched that at some point or another. Yeah, you might be the only person on the planet who likes bad movies more than I do. Oh man! So even it's, I drew the line when I watched Full uh, Velocipaster. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> That's a great, that's, that's one of my favorite movies of 2020, man. But my thing with bad movies is I do like some that wink at the camera, but when they wink at the camera a little too much, it's not as pure to me. <laughs> like, I love an earnest bad movie. Yeah, you want the room. You, yeah. <laughs> this guy had 10,000 bucks and was just like, I'm going to hurt everybody's eyes. Or sometimes I know people are still going out to make a bad movie, but they seem to like actual, actually put love into it. Yeah. Like, there's Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies. Speaking of Mockbusters. I hate that movie. See, this is where we divide. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Mockbuster of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. And <laughs> it's hilarious what they do with history. It is crass. Um, but that's all okay. I'm going to say. Go find. I think that's on YouTube, too. Uh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Michael yeah. Jordan, an American hero. The 1999 drama. Only an hour and a half. Yeah. I could do it. Yeah, it's and if art imitates life, I think the guy who played Michael Jordan in that is in jail for murder. So Michael Jace. Yeah. I remember seeing something like that and it said that he played Michael Jordan once. I was like, oh wow. Yeah, his Wikipedia says Michael Andrew Jace is an American actor and convicted murderer. Well, there's, I called you a multi-hyphenate. There's a multi-hyphenate. Right <laughs> yeah, there. that's 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 the combo right there. Yeah, that's him and OJ, baby. Yeah, that's <laughs> wild. Not to make light of it. I'm sure it's terrible. No, no, it's terrible. It's just, uh, that's bizarre. Yeah, that's really weird that they would. It's really weird that they always put the good thing they did first, too. In my opinion, once you murder somebody. Yeah, you're convicted murderer yeah. and actor. <laughs> yeah, and former actor. Because he's not going to be getting any roles, I don't think. <laughs> you never know. They could do a sequel. Yeah, that's just. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, there's a movie right there. How someone becomes that sort of multi hyphenate. Yeah, how to lose a career in ten steps. That's I. I showed you the other day. I I synced up and watched with a Wolves fan friend of mine. Uh-huh. And I sent them. I superimposed Buddy Heald on Matthew McConaughey in the poster and Carol Anthony Towns on Kate Hudson, and retitled it "How to Lose a Seventeen Point Lead in Three Minutes." I've got a, one of my very best friends is a Timberwolves fan, and I'm going to send that to him just just so he can just so he can get it out of his system, just so he can scream at me for 15 minutes about how much better the Timberwolves are. Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, what a sad 
not rivalry, but yeah, that's a it's that's um, almost yeah. We I can remember it was this was 2010, 2011. We made this bet on who would who would be better, like who who would be the first team to the playoffs was the first one, and then like which team is going to end up being good, and. This this last ten years has been. I mean, he had that one Jimmy Butler season where it was like, "Oh shoot, I think you might have won the bet. You guys are going to be a playoff." And then it was just, "Oh no, yep. no." Well, they technically did win that bet because there was that one playoff year. They had that one playoff year, but he was so sad about it. Like he was like like po- posthumously like looking back on it, like, "No, I, we didn't win. Like we 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 sold our soul for this one, but no, that doesn't count." Yeah, and that 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 was a king's like fall from grace like that's probably what's going to happen to the kings if they ever make the playoffs again oh 100 percent. We're, we're aiming we're aiming for the middle the sacramento kings are going to be an eight seed one year and then be the 10th seed for the next five years and they're going to celebrate the entire time yeah, well, this remind oh this reminded me of the imdb trivia for how to lose a guy in 10 days Okay, let's hear it. One of my favorite things, because this is how you know the Kings are bad when they catching strays in the IMDb trivia page. The basketball footage features Sacramento Kings and the New York Knicks. Then the very next one, the New York Knicks and Sacramento Kings have yet to play the NBA Finals in the 21st century. <laughs> the 21st century. That's mean. I know. That's really mean, guys. Did they, did, they, did they mention in there that six games took place in the first nine days? Nope. No, because that's how it works. They, they, they've played their first six games of the series in the first nine. This either means that home court advantage goes to the team with 30 wins and they get all seven games or that they scheduled this terribly. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm going with my theory that there was a natural disaster or a terrorist attack that affected Sacramento so much they had to move the series. Yeah. Maybe they thought it was like the Super Bowl. Maybe the writers thought it was just like, oh, well, we... They might have thought that was football. That? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just... Hey, can we, get a, can we get a Knicks game going? And they show up at a basketball court and like, no, Knicks, the football team. Yeah. That's... I don't know what else to say about that. This, this movie... It's bad. Is it a basketball movie? If Die Hard is a Christmas movie... Well, this is this more is, of a basketball movie. This than is Die more Hard of a basketball movie. movie than, and I think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So no, we'll, you're wrong. We'll count it. We're going to count this as a basketball movie. Is it a Kings movie? <sighs> it's the put Kings... together by a guy named Petrie. <laughs> it's about tanking. Um, you could argue it's about ten day contracts too. Yes, you see, you see, Bobby Jackson hit a game winner, uh, a game winning layup. Um, with Lawrence Funderburk looking on in game two. Yeah, Bobby Jackson has more major moments in the finals in this movie than Steph Curry has in five trips. <laughs> this is... <laughs> you know, it's weird because I was going to retort. I was going to shoot back at you. But the only thing I remember from Steph Curry in the finals game is him trying to throw a ball behind his back in a clutch moment and, and pushing it out of bounds. Yeah. You might be, you might be right. He and Seth have the same number of memorable finals moments. It's wild. Oh and Dell, did Dell ever make it to the finals? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, I do not obsess over the Curry family like you do, so I, I couldn't tell you. God, the brand's got to stay strong. That's exactly right. That's 100%. Plus, Bobby Jackson, I've got an ire from Kevin for this for some reason. My favorite king ever. So I was happy to see him thrive in this. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I bet he was. I bet he was MVP of the series. Yeah, if they won, second leading scorer in in the first game. Something second, second game he had a game winner. Yeah, something major had to happen. Just <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna look for clues. I'm gonna look in the background to see. Maybe that's all this podcast is now. Is just it's like a serial for us figuring out why the Kings were playing Chucky Brown, not Jabari Smith. <laughs> Chucky Brown. In an NBA Finals game in the final minute. This is this is interesting. A man who I believe Mike James tied his record, but Chucky Brown record for most NBA teams. Really? Did I say Mike Brown? Yeah. Who did you mean? Mike James. Mike James. What is it, like fifteen or something like that? Twelve, I want to say. I just remember that random. Yeah, we got some guys in this era of the league that are going to beat that. I feel like. I feel yeah. Like James James Johnson could beat it. Matt Barnes was probably close. And to me, jokes aside, that's a testament to someone. If they can get 12 teams to want to sign them. Oh, yeah. Oh, Corey Brewer has to be up there. That guy's played for everyone. We have this thing, um, me and my Timberwolves buddy and my friend who's a Lakers fan, and we were all roommates at one point. So we have the, uh, the friendship triangle to see who, who has played for the Kings, Timberwolves, and Lakers all at, at one thing. And so every time a new member of the friendship triangle comes in, we all celebrate. Nice. I think I think Corey Brewer was our our most recent one. Corey Brewer. Let's see who else would have been in that. Um, let's see here. There's a bunch. Now I'm drawing a blank, of course, because I'm talking about it. Um, Derek. No, not Derek Williams. Um, shit. I'll look him up. We'll we'll talk about this on another podcast. We'll yes. we'll I'll have the full list going because we've celebrated for like ten years every time this happens. <laughs> Well, Matt Barnes was never on the Timberwolves, was he? No, I don't think they so. They are Pacific. No. And, like, Wes Johnson was close. We never quite got to Wes Johnson. There's, there's been some that have gotten two out of the three, and then we, we, we sit there and wait. And every now and again, a Corey Brewer will pop up, and we'll get excited. See, uh, I'm trying, Jordan Farmar. Was he Farmar? a Timberwolf? He seems like he should have been. I think he was. I think Jordan Farmar was. So he was on the Kings off and on that one season. Yeah, I've got the loudest keyboard in the world, so I'm not going to type this in. Oh, okay. Jordan Farmer, we're using my phone now. Anyways, we'll we'll talk about this on another podcast. Oh, for sure. So do you have any final thoughts on how to lose a guy? Oh, you never answered the question. Is it a Kings movie? We'll say it's a Knicks movie because they're excited about the Knicks. And every time she's anywhere, she'll have a little bit of Knicks, like a little, like, oh, I'm breaking up with you. She's wearing a Knicks sweater, like that kind of stuff. So we'll say it's a Knicks movie, not a Kings movie, but okay. it's close. It's for certain a basketball movie. By the end of this, we have to, we're have we going until we can definitively say that one is a Kings movie. And we're not going to cheat. We're not going to find some bootleg version of the 30 for 30. Or... Yeah. Who is, yeah, what is the, the Lady Bird of the yeah. Sacramento Kings movie? You could argue. I, I think I could make a compelling argument that Lady Bird is a Kings movie. I'm, I'm, but maybe that's an episode, it. so I'm not going to do it right now. I haven't seen it. I refuse to see it. Why? It's a delightful movie. It's a delightful movie. I uh, really like Greta Gerwig. I, 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 everything Greta's done, I've, I've enjoyed. I just, I got made fun of one time in a, the comment section of one of my uh, previews. I misspelled Greta Gerwig's name, and so for the rest of that season, I talked about Greta Gerwig all the time, and I would spell her name wrong, like more and more egregiously each time. Like she was like Grimbo Gibbleboo, like whatever I could to like make fun of Lady Bird. 
and everyone bullied me for not having seen it when Lady Bird was at the height of its Oscar buzz. And so now I've just straight up told everybody, like, I will, I will do this for an event, but I will not see Lady Bird for, I won't just sit down and watch what is absolutely going to be one of my favorite movies of the last was year. You just have to watch it. It's delightful. Stop being petty. And I'm no. saying this is the pettiest man alive. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Maybe for the last one, I'll watch yeah. Lady Bird. But yeah, please, you know, we're having fun. We'll, we'll probably try to think of a more, we, we went into this, I should have said this at the top. We went into this saying as little as possible what we thought about the movie yeah, so that we could do it on the mic. But maybe in future ones, we'll get more of a, we'll get more just certain segments that we can do. You're in the bargaining stage of grief right now. Yeah. So this might go on for a while because, and it might even go on after basketball because if they go into playoffs, it's going to be a long time till we get a Kings game. (laughs) (laughs) Get ready guys. Get, get excited. So we can we can use this last few minutes to talk about basketball. Right now, they are saying that Disney World looks very likely as far as playing basketball goes. They don't know if it would be the entire league, though. They're looking at mid-July. They have to cut the next season short, right? Yeah, absolutely. They should. I, I really think that they should they should be doing the best that they can to make the like the end of this season and start of next season just just to save us like if it's a if it's a 62 game season next season okay so be it like you and i really don't think we need full seven game series for this playoffs either like just just get it done if you want it done and then like sit there and rest and f- figure this out and get more time for it but they they're going to have to cut they're going to have to cut next season short for sure yeah especially if they're going july and i heard like i think it was silver said that he wants to do a full seven. seven game season series, which playoffs in the NBA are long. Yeah, and they'll need. I think they said five to ten games to warm up, like to get everything back into sync too. And they have, and to me, they have to give the teams who aren't in the playoff picture a chance because these guys can't sit there preparing for a season to end and then say, "Oh, nope, you weren't good enough and not played." To me, that no. would cause outrage. Oh yeah, I, I mean. Uh, I remember them. I know. I remember Adam uh, Adam Silver saying something about, um, well, we're, we're going to ask some of these teams that are close and on the bubble to uh, to think of the league as a whole, not just as yourselves. You know, think of the the greater think of the greater good on this one. But I I, I think there will be some owners that are pissed about, hey, you know, we need to squeeze in a little bit more revenue here, and you know, one way or another, yeah. and um, not being able to have that chance is gonna is gonna really really annoy some people. Yeah, and there are some owners like Tillman Fertitta, who's apparently worth about thirteen cents right now. <laughs> Shout out to Tillman Fertitta. I have more. Uh, I have more monetary liquidity than he does right now. Yeah, yeah. This microphone I'm talking into <laughs> is great, and I'm not paying Russell Westbrook and James Harden eighty million dollars a year. So. Shout out to Tillman. You swindled yeah. your way into the league, buddy. Good job. Shout out to the few soon-to-be-owned-by-the-NBA Houston Rockets. <laughs> they should trade for Chris Paul if that I was happens. Just, I was just going to say, I wish they still had Chris Paul. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> because Russell Westbrook would not be on that team. Complete tangent here. Maybe this is my Lakers hatred speaking. The NBA should have never allowed Chris Paul to go to the Lakers. The NBA-owned team should not be creating a super team for another team. No, 100%. Yeah, and that, we're, we're Kings fans. We cannot speak objectively on the Lakers. But I also think Lakers fans can't act as shocked as they are that that trade didn't go through. 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's one of those things. I would have, I mean, I don't know how much sway David Stern had on that, but but it was also one of the things that there was 29 other owners that were like, absolutely not. I, mean, I guess 28 other owners. But, it, you know, that's that that was never going to happen. I'm sorry. That just wasn't going to, that wasn't, I mean, that's like, it, 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 it's just, it's a false it's false outrage in the sense that like that wasn't that should have never even gotten as close as it was. If it was to the Milwaukee Bucks, no one would have cared. No, no, absolutely not. But like, the Lakers, we are not allowed to with, with talk about value. Okay, but no, yeah. But, <laughs> I had one other brilliant thought on that, but it completely slipped my mind. Oh, it was, and furthermore, if it did happen, I firmly believe Chris Paul and Kobe Bryant could not have coexisted with one another. Oh no, they're they're both cut from the same cloth. You know, they're they're both. Second things went wrong. That would be toxic. Yeah, yeah, and and then you'd have put Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard not would not be alive had, had it been a Chris Paul, Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard team. Like I could see why Andrew Bynum, you know, went the way that he did with Kobe, with Chris Paul on it too. No, they no, they wouldn't have had anybody. They could not have gotten a third star on that team. Maybe. We need to write that movie too. Um, I'm excited. I would. I would write that movie. I would <laughs> some write alt any. History. <laughs> yeah, some alt history where the Lakers trade for Chris Paul and it destroys the Lakers franchise. <laughs> or would, it's one of those butterfly effect things where we think it's going to end well and then the world ends because of it or something. Uh, you know what? We're we're writing it. But anyways, anything else you got to get off your chest before we call this thing an episode? No, no. I I, I hated every minute of it and I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, this is, oh, I guess we should do some sort of rating. What should our rating be? Like Jester's hats? <laughs> yeah, we could, we could do Jester's bells. You know, I don't know. Jester, yeah, Jester's bells. I like that. That's fine. So out of five Jester's bells, what would you give How to Lose a Guy with, in 10 Days? What now, are we, we doing this quality or should we do this quality or just Kingsiness? We'll, we'll, yeah, Kingsiness. We'll, we'll, uh, on the way they show the kings, like... Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it you know? Is it embarrassing to the Sacramento Kings? I'll I'll give this one a four bells out of five bells because it shows the Kings at least made it to Game Seven of an NBA Finals. Ooh, I'm not as generous. I'm going two and a half because the Kings are there. Anything with Lawrence Funderburk in it is inherently semi Kingsy, but they're completely superfluous to the plot. And I need I need them to affect the plot a little. I need a little more uncut gems in this. You want you want an uncut gems for the Kings? Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm ready to read that script too. Yeah, it's just, I, they were there, but I want them to be consequential to the plot. Okay. I, I can't wait to find the movie where that happened that I haven't yeah. seen it yet. We'll see, but this is two and a half and four, so we're at 3.25 on the Kingsiness scale. Congratulations, How to Lose a Guy in 3.5 Jester Bells. Nice. <laughs> that made sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, I'll talk to you guys next week. I have another fun guest lined up already. Um, we'll have Will back on sometime in the next few weeks. I don't know. Someday. We'll see. Please, please recommend movies. It can be bizarre. It can be Kings-related in the most minute way. If it's got Vanessa Williams in it. Chris Weber dated Vanessa Williams yeah. for a little bit. Get Tyra it. Banks. Oh, Tyra Banks. Damn. Ooh, right. Halloween Resurrection with her and Buster Rhymes. Okay. We'll watch it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, please let us know. We'll have some fun with this. Give us ideas on how we could expand this format. But we're going to try it out a few times, see if it works. Might even go through into a, being a tradition. We'll see. 
Maybe we'll get some other guests on here too with Will and I for it. Until then, where can they find you, Will? They can obviously find your work on King's Herald. Where can they find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter um, at Will of the People, the T-H-A. So it's W-I-L-L of T-H-A people. Um, you can also listen to a podcast that I'm doing with uh, Kevin Fippen and uh, Richard Ivanowski, where we talk about uh, Sacramento food and uh, the various wonderful places we have to eat. Uh, listen to my crazy ramblings about burritos and pizza and everything. How have else. you not had me on? To- oh, we're going to have you on. There are, there are plans. There are things in my the world. crimes against food. I didn't drop out of culinary school to be disrespectful. <laughs> That's a, that podcast is called a uh, Snacramento. And uh, you can find that anywhere you find any of these podcasts as well. All right. So as you can find me at the real Brad G, um, hopefully I'll write something soon. Someday. You might've read my work somewhere. I highly doubt it, but you might've read my work somewhere because I write under a pseudonym for my day jobs and it's Zach Lowe. <laughs> I've read a thing with him. I don't agree with him, but I read, I've read a thing or two. Yeah. It's I <laughs> cats out of the bag there, but uh, thank you everyone for listening. Um, give me ideas for these off time episodes. Cause I would love to hear it. I'd love to have some fun. I think we have some fun ideas in the works that I hope to get out in the next couple months. But give me some more ideas. I love ideas for guests, just ideas for formats, just constructive feedback, anything. Please let me know. And please write, write, rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff because it is very good for our reach and we're still trying to grow this King's Herald thing. We were lucky enough to keep this feed, but we'd love to grow it too. And yeah, your guys' help would be amazing. And I almost forgot to mention it. Don't forget to check out the King's Herald Patreon page too for all sorts of perks. They got some fun stuff going on there. We're still figuring out how to expand on that. You got anything else to say about that, Will? No, I don't have anything on that specifically. But yeah, please please give us a follow. Please, if you, if you have a little bit of money to spare, we've got uh, single-use donations as well as uh, monthly subscriptions if you want um hopefully if not now someday when everything gets back to normal we, we can uh, we can see around if not just come in and read our articles comment we we appreciate you having an audience and we appreciate you guys uh coming in reading this. couldn't say it better myself i will talk to you guys next week have a good one bye Stay everybody safe. bye